joking aside, you know, you brought up something else, Mark. So this intersection of having access to a big body of language and then the all the other inputs that go into the model from people interacting with it seems like you could end up with um, unintentional plagiarism if you were using it to help you write an email or an IEEE article that um, it might pull from places where you didn't have permission. Is that also a little bit of a problem that we should be on the lookout for? Well, right now in the courts, there are several cases that are ongoing that are trying to define uh, what the boundaries of uh, copyright are. So, for instance, I mentioned that uh, a very popular LLM out there was trained on stuff it scraped from the Internet. So if it scraped all of the scripts for the Looney Tune cartoons and you asked it, can you give me a script for a cartoon? And it came up with something that sounded very Looney Tune-esque. One could reasonably say, yeah, that's a derivative product of this copywritten material. So those laws are actually being tested right now. Uh, I, in talking with a large education institution in California, one of the topics that came up is redefining what plagiarism is. One can argue that if I'm using an LLM, I'm not taking a product from someone else. There is no someone. It, it, it is a tool, much like a spell checker. And therefore, it's not plagiarism if I change the grammar in my sentence uh, to, to match a grammatic checker. That's not really plagiarism. Then can we extend that and say, well, taking a Shakespearean sonnet from an LLM because no one actually wrote that sonnet. I don't have to cite that because there is no other author. Um, those are those are definitions right now that are undergoing uh, uh, undergoing some flux. So it's fascinating. You know, we had uh, this, uh, the writer strike in Hollywood and the related actor strike was in many ways about a similar issue. So yep. if you take the likeness of, you know, movie star X uh, and then put a mole on the cheek, does that, you know, it's the value of it is it's recognizable as movie star X and you could get a yep. generative AI to produce that and just change a little bit. And so where does that start? Where does it stop? What's okay? These are very interesting questions. So yeah. Mark, you're raising some really big questions like uh, is code safe? Is it accurate? Is somebody impersonating someone else to get information from you? Is it plagiarizing you? Um, these are all powerful problems to talk me through that. What, give me, bring me some wisdom, Osage Campbell. Well, more foreshadowing here. Um, so one of the hottest areas of research right now is detecting AI. How do I detect that an artifact actually came from AI? There are techniques of having um, AI learn how to detect AI. The tools on the market right now are notoriously error prone. Their success rate is horrible. Um, however, there is promise in coupling humans alongside uh, generative uh, AI, such that when the generative AI gets wrong, the human can help educate it on how to tune its discriminator. If you remember, we talked about discriminators earlier. And that actually looks to hold a lot of promise. Highly unscalable. And by the way, who would want that for a job? So, hey, Mark, thanks for talking through this with me. We've got a lot of uh, promise and interest around these tools, and there's a lot of uh, challenges that we talked about that are coming from it, but help is on the way. No, you got it. Hey, stay tuned for more Technically Speaking as we dig into the underbelly of AI.